The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, your host of Loving That Sports Talk. And always, we're going to talk about it a Listen to Bobby, we're going to laugh with Bobby. Let's talk some good stuff today. Well, first, I want to give another good shout-out to Gerald House Rock and Farmland. All my buddies out there, go out there and visit and see what great things you get out of the store out there. So that is Farmland, Gerald House Rock. Let it rock around the clock. Well, we're going to talk about some good things today. You know, a couple of NFL players making that move to different teams. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of NBA. See what's going on with the Miami Heat and the streak they got going on for 33 straight. And also, baseball be starting up in another week. So, I mean, there's so much sports going on, and Tiger Woods back winning again. That's a good thing. Winning on, on the field and off the field. I guess he got another relationship, but hey, we won't go into that, right? But we're going to start off with, you know, everybody know from Chicago, you know, Chicago there, release Brian Erlacher. You know, <laughs> unbelievable when um, you play 13 years in the league and you feel that they got to pay you, you know, this a ridiculous amount of money and you're almost done in your career. You know, as we will say, you know, once you get to that point, they call it hell not for long, you got to realize, I mean, your, your time is up. So um, the thing that was going around was they offered him $2 million a year. Now, any of normal American, $2 million a year, they would have took that and ran with it. But not Brian. Brian decided that he was worth more than $2 million a year. And he declined it. So Chicago felt, you know, we have to release you. We're not going to keep you. Um, God, I just I just don't understand, you know. Um, I talk about it every day with Glove. You that Glove? Yeah, I'm here, James. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Good to have you on. Well, I was just going into it before we, you know, start off. You know, we talk about Brian Merlocker not taking a two million glove. What's your point on that? Well, you know what? Years ago, when Brian first came into the league, he was a heck of a player. Over the years, his skills and his bodies have diminished. He's not the player he used to play. He used to be, excuse me. And so, at some point, you got to look yourself in the mirror and realize that. It's, it's, it is about you, but it's about the team and the big picture. And if somebody's willing to give you, you know, a substantial amount of money, which is less than you used to make it, you might just have to swallow your pride and take it. Well, before we start, well, I want to thank you for coming on and let the listeners know 
why you come in like two minutes later because you be getting off your other job and you rush to get on here. So I want to say thanks for doing that. You know, uh, not a problem, man. Anything for anything for Mr. James. Love it. So I just want to let the listeners know they always ask what glove, you know. So let them know when you get off, you come right in. <laughs> so, but other than that, you know, as I was saying, well, I mean, thirteen years, and I know me and you talk about it all week, and we argue about it. There's a point where you know you your your skills are diminished, your speed and everything. You got to take what you get, right? I don't know if you agree with that, but well, you know what? You're 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 right to a certain degree or to a certain extent, but you got to look at it from from the standpoint of you know it's it's that Janet Jackson syndrome. What have you done for us lately? You know, in the last couple of years. You know, he's been having nagging injuries. You know, his numbers have went down. So why should you continue to get that accelerated pay when your performance is down? Well, Glove, I mean, uh, I guess we're going to have an argument here. we got a caller, John Clay from Chicago. You there, John? Yeah, I'm here. How you doing today? I'm doing fine. I mean, I'm doing fine. I just hear you guys talking, and you know, only only a Bear fan know about Bear players, you know what I'm saying? You got to be a Bear fan, you know. And I'm, first of all, I don't think you two guys are Bear fans. <laughs> well, you ain't got to be a Bear fan, John. I know Glove probably agrees. <laughs> no, when the player is done, they're done. And like we said, John, this is what we're getting. We want to get your point of view. But, I mean, like Glover was saying, was, you know, when you're at that point of your time and your your speed start, you know, slowing down and your skills and you get injury, you have to take a pay cut. You're not going to get what you're supposed to get on the market. You don't agree with that, John? Yeah, I agree with that. Well, uh, to me, uh, Earl Walker, he hasn't been producing the last couple of years. He always been hurt, nagging injuries, and uh, when they really needed him, he wasn't there. Now, in, um, out, of, out of inside linebackers, as far as uh, – Tackling, Erlacher was rated 44th out of inside linebackers in 2012. Now, one thing the Bears will miss is that Erlacher do, he's good at that cover two scheme, you know, calling the gaps, make it sure everybody get in their positions. But it's going to be that a type of um, scenario with the, uh, as far as the Packers and Brett Favre, you know. You know, did Erlacher give him a discount or – you know, uh, you know. To me, it's time to. You need a younger linebacker back there now. You know, they're getting old, up in age, and he cannot get the money that he wanted like five, six, seven years ago. You agree with that, Glover? Yeah. No, my man. My man got it. My man got it. To a certain degree, he, he's on point. That that you got to be a bear. You know, fan to understand the Bears. The Bears let Brandon Marshall go, so. And he was performing up to par. Now, what he was doing in the locker room, I don't know. But on the field, who, my man was playing. They you know, your quarterback, uh, Brandon Marshall, they went to Miami. The receiver that came from Denver. Uh, oh, you're talking about Miami, that Brandon Marshall, you saying? No, I'm saying when he was in Chicago. Oh, yeah. They let him go to Miami. But yet they got the quarterback, Brandon Marshall. No, you talking about you talking about Marty Booker? No, no, no. Isn't Brandon Marshall in Miami now? No, he no, left he's Miami. He's a bear. He's a bear now. Yeah, he's a bear now. Okay, I got it backwards. Then he came from Miami 
to Chicago. I, I got it backwards. My bad. Hey, I, I make mistakes too. I'm human. We just said you got to be a Bears fan. I know about Bears players. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't have to be a Bears fan. I'm, 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 I'm a know-it-all kind of guy. But your quarterback's been playing for the last five years. He hasn't been playing up up, up the part of the other quarterback because at one point well, he was an elite quarterback. Well, um, let me ask you a question. Now, if you back there, everybody talk about Curly, you make bad decisions. But when you got a, a, a offensive line, they all of them rank uh, fifth, sixth round draft picks, and you know what I'm saying. And they can't block. I mean, how would you feel back there? Queller was he was uh, he was sacked, I think forty times. He was knocked down eighty times in 2012. He knocked down eighty times, sacked forty times. That's a lot of knockdowns, man. You know, that's a lot of knockdowns. Just like they uh, signed this uh, Jeremy Bush guy from New uh, from uh, New Orleans Saints. Now he was rated like about what uh, what three times up from the uh, left tackle, Jason uh, uh, Webb. You know, who say he gonna? You know, he only uh, got a uh, had four sacks last year. You know, but who who say he's gonna be the you know, to solve the problem with uh, Jay Cutler as far as that uh, offensive line. You know, that's a lot of money they spent on him, man, you know, being the age of 29 years old. Hey, John, it seems like you're a numbers guy, huh? Because you go off a number. Well, I mean, I got to go off performance, too, though, you know? I mean, come on now. You went pay Sir Terry, pay Ray Lewis uh, $10 million for four years. He about 45 years, 35 years old. Come on, man, don't make sense. Okay, Don, we're we, we talking about the Bears now. We're not talking about Ray Lewis. We're talking about the Bears. Yeah, all right. Cutler came, Cutler came from Denver, right? Huh? Well, he was, I said Cutler came from Denver, right? Right. Well, he was supposed to come in, and Chicago was supposed to be the team. So he came yeah. in from Denver. Was his numbers about the same as they were in Denver, or did they go down? Uh, well, basically, in Denver, his name was about – in Denver, he had better stats. He went to – when he was in Denver, he went to the Pro Bowl. Now, you said to realize, too, when he was in Denver, he had a top-notch left tackle, Ryan Clady. You know what I'm saying? That left tackle was – I mean, he was – man, he was, he was a Pro Bowl left tackle. I mean, you know, people said to realize, you know, they talk about color, but to me, color is going to be – to me, he bought the best quarterback the Bears had in a long time. You know what I'm saying? I, far I, as totally, I, 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 I totally agree. He has been the best quarterback, which doesn't put him in that category of the better quarterback, but he has been the best that the Bears have had. But my point yeah, is, far, in, big games far, color, in big games with color, he doesn't show up like the rest of the Bears. Well, well you know what? I understand. Yeah, I can I commend I can, I can, he doesn't show up, but a lot of that, too, is – Lovey Smith, when you were coach and you lay back and you sit up here and let the quarterback take the reins, you know what I'm saying, and don't, you know, uh, get in his face when he make mistakes, you know what I'm saying, you let him have his way. A lot of times, Cutler, uh, the offensive coordinator was, you know, they was letting Cutler get his way, the coach and the offensive coordinator. But this coach they got now, Mark Tressman, he's not going to let uh, Cutler get his way. When he mess up, he's going to get in his face. Yeah, John, never got in his face. Like he did yeah. in Denver, Cutler is a baby. So what you're saying is, you know, he don't get his way. He pouts, but he don't play good. You right, know, what right, kind of quarterback right. is that to lead your team? Right. He's, he's not to me. He's not proven to be a leader yet. To sit up here, you know, and say I'm, you know, I'm gonna take over. You know, it's to me. 
I haven't seen the Bears had a good leader in a long time. Earl Acker should have been a better leader. To me, he wasn't a better leader at all. Anytime when you shake the uh, the opposition uh, hand, when he get an interception for your quarterback, there ain't no leader, man. Hey, John, were you a Lovey Smith fan? Was I a Lovey Smith fan? You yeah. know what? I was a uh, I was a Lovey Smith fan when they had Ron Turner as far as uh, you know uh, offensive coordinator. But Lovey Smith been in the game for a long time, and when he, if you look and see when they went to the Super Bowl, they had um, uh, the used to be the Bears uh, linebacker. He's the coach of the uh, Carolina Panthers now. Juan Rivera. Juan Rivera. Now, he was putting some different insights into in the cover two, and Lovey Smith got mad at that. And then he got rid of Juan Rivera. You know what I'm saying? If you remember, he fired him. Now, as being right. a head coach. Now, you know you got to have a proven offensive coordinator. You cannot sit up here and play buddy-buddy with guys that you used to coach with, like Ron Marinelli and, uh, you know, Mike Tyson. Now, come on now. You know the offensive line is garbage. You need more help. How are you going to have your head coach, your offensive court coach, coach offense, all the offense and coach the offensive line, too? You can't do that, man. I mean, you know, love you made his bed. He had to lay in it, man. So you, you weren't a fan of his, John, basically. You, you made Basically, you know what? One thing, huh? I, I guess you would say that. I mean, because uh, I don't uh I mean, they fired him eight. It's time, man. He's been in the game too long. They ain't been in the playoffs in a while, man. You know? They weren't in the money he was getting paid. Lovey was like your sixth highest paid NFL coach, man. That's a lot of money. Well, okay, John. But if, you're, right. if your GM, if your GM doesn't have your back, because think about it, the year after they went to the Super Bowl, how many players jumped ship and went to other teams, and what players did they bring in to replace or better the team? So, as a well, coach, you, know, you could only well, do so well, you much. Know, all right, not to cut you off, but you know when uh, Angelo was a GM, when Dick Duran took him to the playoffs. Now, when the new GM first come in, you know he's going to want his new head coach. Just like when Angelo got rid of Dick Duran, he takes Lovey Smith. And just like Phil Emery, he come in fresh. He want his own head coach. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got it's, it's, it's a business, man. You know, it's a business. You know, just like if you right. as fighter, you you don't you, you want to you want the best trainer. You know, the trainer you comfortable with. You're not just going to have any trainer. You're you absolutely know? right. But as a as a coach, if your GM's not behind you, bringing you in talent to better your team every year, you can only do so much. You know, you can't yeah, but, you know, live yeah, in I understand what you're saying. Everybody's blaming that on the GM. But people fail to realize, too, though, is that they constantly ask Lovey Smith, constantly. And him, Ted Phillips, ask Lovey Smith, do we need a left tackle? First thing, Lovey Smith said, oh, we cool. We good with the one we got. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, when you're GM and you're, you're, uh, your president, your vice president, I constantly ask you this, and you don't, you, don't, you don't take heed to it, do we need to get an offensive coordinator? You know, we could we we promote Mike Tice. Come on, man. I mean, come on. I mean, Lovey made his own mistakes. Well, yeah, you know? he said he made his own mistakes just because he didn't make the playoffs. They fire him. Man, you know what? They to be honest, you they could have saved him another year. You know what I'm saying? I, I think Lovey's a good coach as far as coaching football. I ain't gonna take that away from him. And I think he should still be head coaching out there somewhere, but not as far as you know the Bears organization, man. You understand, too, the money been coaching for the Bears a, a minute, man. And, you know, the money they're paying them, man, come on, man. They ain't, they ain't been going nowhere. They ain't been going nowhere, you know. 
And they're going nowhere. Come on, man. You off you head coach and you 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 don't have the when you had the knowledge to get you if you had got a good if you'd have picked a good offensive coordinator that took him into the playoffs, they'd have been fine, man. Look at the game, look at the flops they made with uh with the uh with San Francisco. San Francisco lost San Francisco, then they lost to the Packers, then they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, man. The offense was was garbage, man. You agree that Mike Tice, Mike Tice. Every time he want to go, uh, he want to go to deep ball, but then he go to deep ball. All right, then a tight end go up the scene, He can't catch the ball. You know. But uh, hey, uh Dom, you can't. Dom, what was I, the Bears' record last year? Was it record last year? Yeah. Uh, they was nine and seven. Oh. And, that, and that's when they fought. What was the record when they fired Lovey Smith? It was ten and six. No. So how many other coaches you know in the NFL get fired with with a ten and six record? Well, you know what? Sometimes you know what? It's not always about the record. It's about going to the playoffs, man. Look at yeah, look at two in the last time they've been in the playoffs. Well, you're right. Look at the playoffs, man. I mean, come on, man. The last, come on. You know, I mean, they the big the big. Uh, I mean, they lost in you know, San Francisco. They lost three. They lost what five in a row or something like that. You know, I mean, the record can be all good, but you got to go to the playoffs. Now we know how this business go, man. You got to look at, you got to look at Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame players, that who got rings and they in the in the uh, Hall of Fame. But you got good players out there who ain't never got a ring, but they they good players, but they still ain't in the Hall of Fame. You know. Hey, you know? hey James, James, well, see the Chicago guy. James talked about Cliff Livingston getting rings with the Bulls, and he didn't he didn't do anything. James said what? Cliff Livingston who played with the Chicago Bulls when Jordan was there. He got three rings. James don't consider him a player, but he still has three rings. He said Cliff Livingston didn't do nothing. He didn't. Right. What did he do? He sat on the man. Cliff Livingston, man. He, he 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 played his part of the bench, man. Right. You know, he, he played his part of the bench. If that's the case, you can go on and say some of the centers they had. They, they never had a proven center since uh, what Dave Corzine or something. I mean. Cartwright and uh, what uh, Luke Longley and they ain't do nothing. They contribute, you know. How they contribute? Huh? They played on the court, right? Well, they played on the court. I mean, Cliff Madison played on the court too. Thank you. That's all I want you to say, John. Next game. <laughs> well, we got to take a break. We want to thank right. John for calling in. All right, John. All right, thanks, John. <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. When it comes to youth and high school football, listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. 
Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving by Loving That Sports Talk. And always, man, man. Well, what's that weather out there in Diego? Man, we 66. We overcast and cloudy today, man. Okay. I didn't get to introduce you this morning, love. I was already in, but y'all got to talk about that weather. It's looking nice. Yep, it's looking nice. Uh, it should be sunnier this weekend, but today we're about 66. A little overcast. Before we get on the Miami Heat Club and start talking NBA, I want to get this clear between me and you. We got a little argument going on, and we got to clear this on the air. I'm getting tired of this. We talking about players, elite players, they're great players. But you saying a player, all they can do is throw a bitch and cheer them on, and they're great. And what we going to, we, we make referring to when the Chicago Bulls won their sixth championship. I think they won a three with, uh, he went to school with Cliff Livingston. He played on the Bulls. Uh, where'd you go? You went to, where you grow with, regular? Yeah, we went to Morris High School in San Diego. I'm not saying, and he went to Wichita State in college. I'm not saying Cliff is a superstar because guess what? There's only a handful of superstars in the NBA. All I'm saying is everybody has a part when it comes to a championship. You got to know your role, know your position. Now, there was games where he was the sixth or seventh man off the bench, eighth man off the bench, and he played a vital role. There was games he didn't play in. All I'm saying is he played a part to the Bulls winning a couple of those championships. I'm not saying he was the man, but he was the man next to the man next to the man next to the man. That's all I'm saying. So you tell me, if I was on that team, and I came in to get Michael two minute break, I'm just running around that crazy. I'll play the part. Look, the Bulls had five seven-footers that didn't get ten points between them. But guess what? Five times six is 30. They had 30 fouls to get. So if your job is to get in there and try to get fouls from the superstars on the other team and you accomplish that, you played your position. You played your role. Now, I don't have to show on the scoreboard that I've got a double-double or I've blocked three shots, but if I go in for that a minute and a half or two minutes or three minutes or five minutes 
if I go in there and do what the coach asked me to do, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Think about it. You play football. You play wide receiver. Every game, you didn't catch a touchdown pass, did you? No. But one game, but one game you might have blocked for somebody running the ball, and he got that first down. Or there may have been a game where, you know, the quarterback threw an interception, you made a tackle. There, there's other things out there that you were doing, even though you didn't score a touchdown, to help your team win. And that's all I'm saying. You want to say that he was sitting on the bench and he was, you know, waving the towel and being a cheerleader. That was M.L. Carr in Boston. Him and Cedric Mack and nah. Cornbread, they were the only ones that was waving the towel. The Bulls were waving the towel. Look, come on. I watched the Bulls in those chapters. I've seen Cliff. Come on now. I mean, it was a rare. I mean, I mean, I mean, out of what, those years? How many times have you seen them get in the game? Be honest. Two, three? I've seen them. I've seen them get in, 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 in the seven-game series for the championship a few times. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Number 53. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I just like, you know, if, if people follow NBA, it's almost like Jack Haley, right? What did Jack Haley do? Well, well you got to remember Jack Haley was brought there because of Robin. Jack Haley and Robin was best friends. So right. Jack Haley was brought along to keep Robin intact. Now, you guys saying I don't know nothing about Chicago sports, or any of that stuff, but I know those little intangibles. You know what I'm saying? You know, John can say what he want about the Chicago Bear football, but y'all still got a bum as a quarterback. <laughs> well, since we talk about Chicago, though, let's go on to this thing about everybody talk about Derrick Rose, the doctors, team doctors say he's healthy enough to play. But Derrick, like, you know, I'm not playing. I totally agree with you. One, why would you come back? The team ain't going to win it this year. And maybe hurt yourself. Sit out and get yourself more comfortable. He said mentally he's not ready. So you had all these Chicago fans and all that come out. He he should be playing to help them. To help them do what, Glove? Do you agree with that? You know what, James? Only a, a doctor works for the team, not for the individual. And that's what that's what fans got to understand. Fans want him out there, you know, for what he brings to the game brings to the team, brings to the organization, you know, brings to the city. But but in Derrick Rose's mind, only he knows if he's ready to come back out there and perform. And if he's not ready mentally, why would you go out there and re-injure yourself and shorten your career, which is already short because of the, you know, type of injury he has. So I don't have a problem, you know, I don't have a problem with him not coming back. I would hope that he would get as healthy as possible because I don't even think, I'm not for sure i got to look at the numbers, but I don't think the, the Bulls, are in playoff contention unless they're fighting for number eight. No, they're number five, actually. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Okay, so they're number five. So so they have a chance, a good, strong chance they're going to make the playoffs. But but why should that man have to jeopardize his career for the sake of? when If he comes if he comes back and he re-injures himself, are they going to pay him, you know, are they going to pay him the rest of his life? And, and are the fans going to give up money for him to make sure that his family's okay? You know what, Glove? You said a key thing that nobody, the fans, don't understand. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Those doctors are the team doctors. And I remember when I was hurt, they kept saying, you go back and play. I'm like, man, something ain't right. Doctor, like, you, you go back and play. See, they want you to get you on there to play. And they film you, then they can release you or whatever, not with Derek. But, you know, they had to send me to L.A. to the Raiders doctor. But you made a key point with the fans don't know that. All they're looking at is, hey, we want a siren game. That's that man's career. Look at RG3. You know, his career could be done because of that. Am I right, Glove? Yeah, absolutely right. 
I mean, you, you put it in, you put it in correlation with this right here. You're working a normal job, eight to five, eight to four, nine to five, whatever time frame you go to work. There's a day when when you're not feeling good, and and it's from a not well as a physical, but from a mental also. And so, what do you do? You go to your doctor. You tell your doctor he, you're not feeling good. The doctor don't tell you you're not feeling good. You tell your doctor. So he gives you some paperwork where you can take a week off or something. So why is it okay if you're not feeling good to go to your doctor as opposed to going to the worst doctor? They're not sending you to their doctor, hey, you know what, check him out or check her out and make sure he or she's okay. You go to your own doctor. In football, they go to the team's doctor. The team says, well, you know what, I checked him out the little quote-unquote test that he did. You know, he should be fine. They're not asking how he's doing mentally. They're just checking out what was injured. So they don't know what's, what's going on in that man's head. So for Derek, I'd stay out. Keep staying out. I mean, you said a good thing, love. I mean, uh, uh, if a lot of people see it, and you see it on the U.S. Sports Center, you know, such and such going to give a second opinion, but he goes to his doctor. I mean, he said, okay, what these team doctors tell me, I'm not agreeing with because I don't feel right, right? So they yeah, go to right. their own doctor, and their own doctor like, hey, this thing, right, you need to get this and that, and, you know, but the team doctor is for that team. And what they're trying to do is get you out there to play, because that's their money if you ain't playing regular. You're absolutely right. Think about it in the NBA or in any, I mean, you know, it's not like that in the NFL because you still have other players and you still have marquee players. But in the NBA, fans, when they're season ticket holders or when they're purchasing ticket packages, and things like that, they're purchasing, they're purchasing packages because of who's coming to town, you know. So in a big game, what is it, tonight, I think Chicago plays Miami. Miami. Miami's on that winning streak. So, of course, everybody wants Derrick Rose back because it betters Chicago's chances of ending the streak. Well, if you look at they've played twice already this year, they've split. So it's not like they haven't played well. Think about it. They've made, made it to the fifth seed in their division for the playoffs. So they're doing well without Rose. So if I'm those guys, I would keep feeding off of what got us where we are right now. I wouldn't even – Rose would be in the back of my mind. If he come back and play, he come back and play. But if he don't, you know, the ship got to keep selling. Let me ask you this, love. I, I want to cut you off because I want you to go too far. I want to have this question first. But is it the players – Responsibility to play for the fans or their owner. Is it their role responsibility to come back and play because the fans want to see it and they pay for this package? What you said. Look, at the end of the day, you, you play for the city that you're in. You play for the fans. You play for which is even bigger. You play for that paycheck. But the, at the end of the day, you're playing for yourself. So if if you if you play for yourself, you know then the fans get to enjoy the franchise and the team is happy, you get more money. When you start doing things for others, that's when you lose a part of yourself. Now, I have one question. I need to say that. Wasn't it back in the days before sports started to change a little where it started making a business? Wasn't it fun and all like that and players were playing to do all that? And now it's like what you're saying now is just you got to play for yourself. Is that being selfish? Because you gotta look at it. Look at Andrew Bynum that played for the Seventy Sixers. He haven't paid one game. And he gets sixteen million. These players are not playing. They're getting all his money, and you got me and you 
let's say you pay for that package, I don't know, five, six thousand dollars to get this good seat to come see Derrick Rose play Miami and he's not playing. Is that fair, Glove? Yeah, I mean, and you know been, what? Hey, you can't. Say again? And he's been cleared to play. Is that fair? Okay, okay. Even, even, okay, so what is, what does clearance consist of? You know what I'm saying? Even though he's clear, in this man's mind, he's still not ready to go. So at the end of the day, it's his decision. It's, yeah, even though they're paying you, it's still his decision. Are you are you willing to go out there and sacrifice, you know, or go out there and injure yourself because you're not there mentally? You know what I'm saying? This, this man in his head. I cut you off. Had this decision, and that team owned him, Glove. Remember that? we talked about, remember, being off the season and the team still on you? Remember that? This yeah. This team on you. How is it his decision? It should be that team that says they own him, right? The, the team, the team on him on that court. He owned his, he owned his own body and soul, though. You follow me? The I'll team owns him as, as a player. He's owned by that team. But also as as being a, a member of that team and, and being a, a a product or a piece of merchandise, they're also allowed to get rid of him and cut him and do all those things. So at the end of the day, he has control over himself. The team doesn't. The team has control over him as a player. You, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, uh, keep going. Cause I'm, I'm gonna get you somewhere. Keep going. I'm, you know I got you. You know how we are. Keep you can't. You want you want a guy to jeopardize his livelihood for a paycheck. When when in the big picture and the grand scheme of things, they're not going to compensate him for the continuing years after he's done if he hurt himself today. Right. Okay. So, now you said they own him on the court, but off the court they don't. Right? Did he say that? He's not in the Bulls uniform. Okay. So they don't own him off the court. He's not in the Bulls uniform, well, right? They, they own him as a player. He's on the contract. He's a <laughs> you know contract. I'm going, right? I already know what you're going with the whole <laughs> when they're off the court socializing, drinking, partying, that old same old garbage that you always talk about, which, which is BS. But go ahead. <laughs> I'm just thinking what you say. You said, you said the Bulls own him on that court. It's responsibility on that court. But off that court, still the same. They own him. You need to play. Because we had sold these many season tickets for you, for your name. He's a franchise name, right? You follow yeah. me on that? He's I a franchise. Yeah. They, they gave you the best doctor. They healed you. The doctors say, hey, uh, Eric Glover is ready to play. He's, he's, he's healthy enough. It's, what? What? You making $60 million a year? Eric, don't, we own you. Eric, you got to play. I don't care what uh-huh. we're in the owner. Make it a playoff or not, you got to play because this is what we pay. Isn't that what they can say, That's That's pretty much the bottom line of what they're saying, but he's saying he's not ready to go. So if they got to take a game check or two or take money from him, I guess he's willing to give it up because he's not going to go out there and jeopardize himself for the better of the team. And I'm not mad at him for that. Then when you spoke about Bynum, Bynum was just one of those situations where, hey, he got paid and he never played. Kudos to, kudos to Bynum. Any any time an athlete can get money, I'm all about athletes getting their money and not jeopardizing themselves. You know, the fans don't give a hoot. You know, the owner don't care because you're only as good as the last player. Didn't we start this conversation or didn't we start this, uh, you know, radio show off talking about Brian Erlacher? Yeah. That's what, we, that's what we started at. You know, he still thinks he's one way, 
and the team see him another way. So, therefore, they're not willing to pay him what he still thinks he should get paid that money. So here it is. We're back to Derrick Rose. The team's doctor's okayed him, but in his mind, he's not ready to go. So he's like, why should I go? Okay, if he was up for a contract, Derrick Rose, would you pay him a big contract? If he was up for a contract? If, if Derrick Rose was up for one, would you well, own a pay him a big money. Cause remember we got into this, what you said about Darrell Reeves. If they're coming off an injury, you want to see what they have to do, right? You actually, you're absolutely right. I think at some point, and, and we had this conversation about about your boy Erlacher and, and other right. players, and you know how I feel. We had it about Darrell Reeves. You know how I feel. I feel at a certain point, if you have a, a career ending or, you know, injury that could end your career, I figure, hey, I, I make you a, a good offer and then you got to go on a performance agreement, meaning meaning if you perform a certain way, then you get the rest of that money. But if you don't perform, then you get what I gave you. You follow me? And that's how it should be. It should be on the performance. But that should be all the way around. When when these guys, that's why they have collective bargaining and things like that. Because like you said, when those tickets are being sold and those packages are being sold and merchandising and things like that are being sold, they're being sold because of, the players, not of the owners, but of the players. So I have two in questions the best before, go. Go ahead. before we go to the break. First one, uh, should Brian Erlacher uh, take that money from the Bears to play? Yes. Can you explain why real quick? You think he should Because have? he's a, what, 13, 14-year veteran, and for the last three or four years he's been injured and his numbers have went down. Okay. He's not the player he used to be. Second question for your break is, is it fair for a fan that I'm sitting down paying $1,000 to come see Derrick Rose? Is it fair for the fan, not Derrick, not the owner, but for the fan not to see him and he's clear to play? Is that fair to us? Well, you got to look at also, you also pay that money because of who's coming in that they're playing against. It's not you paying $1,000 to see Derrick Rose. You're playing, paying that money also to see the Miami Heat come in and, and what they're doing. So is it fair to the fan? Yes and no. It's, it's fair because the Heat are coming in and they're on a winning streak and your team has a chance to, you know, end the streak. It's not fair because your your hometown superstar is not in the game. But also when you're getting that package and you're getting those tickets, you also have the opt to either, either sell that ticket back or trade that ticket for another game. All right, well, this is Jeff Love and Eric Bell. When we come back, we'll talk about the Miami Heat, the streak that they're on, and if you think well, they'll break it and if they're going to go further on. This is Jeff Love and Eric Glove, my love, right? Glove, not love. We'll be right back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? 
Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. Spring turkey season has started around the country, and on this week's program, we'll have Mark Drury and Will Brantley. We're going out to the Thunder Chicken Jimmy! Hey, plus we're also going to have, I got a little excited, Lawrence Pine, M.D. Johnson, and Chance Orth of Unpro. When we talk about tips and tactics for spring turkey hunting. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel Plus Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving by Loving That Sports Talk and always co-host with me, Glove. You that Glove? Yes, sir. 66 in San Diego, baby. Sunny. That's what I'm talking about. Down down. You know, Glove, before we get on the uh, Miami Heat winning streak, you know, and all like that, I just, you know, I think I might have called you like 20 times a week about, you know, when you see a, uh, 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 I can't even say them Southern, like Southern Stanley, but when you see the stuff on the sports center and all that, it always cues you that how stupid are these guys to do things? And what I'm going with, you know, um, Sean Rogers, I think he played the Giants now, don't he, Glove? I think I've seen the Giants. Yeah, he was Giants or the Saints, one of the two. One of the two. But, you know, he he's in Miami. I mean, I think maybe he's hanging out. He to, I mean, the hotel he had to be ahead of me, one of those five stars. I know it was. But you go out to the club with your guys, you bring a girl home, you put a, million, a half million dollar jewelry in a safe, you get home at 7 morning, you put it in the safe, you with the girl, you wake up at 12, and all of it gone. Come on, man. That's a Chris Carter. Come on, man. Glenn, what's going on, man? For real. Well, well you know, the, the, the sad part about it is, is you have a bunch of young guys who never had anything. He's been, been, the he's been in the league for a while. Okay, but still, he's still, he's still what, late 20s, early 30s. So he's still a young guy who's never had money, who doesn't have that figure in his life to teach him right from wrong, you know. 
And so here it is. He's been watching rap videos or hip-hop hip hop shows or whatever shows, and that's what's going on in them shows and on them videos. So that's how he's trying to live his life. He's living his life in the video. He don't, he don't have the common sense to understand that if it wasn't for what he did for a living, because he was a lineman, and you know how they think about linemen, if it wasn't what he was doing for a living, would that woman have even paid him any attention? So that's what you got to look at first. Would she have even spoke to that young man if it wasn't for who he was as a player or knowing him, you know, the Hamlet syndrome, he's probably in the, in the bar in South, on South Beach telling people that he plays for the Giants and that he's so-and-so, so-and-so, and you should know who I am. And look at my jewels. I got this $160,000 watch, and I got this $80,000 bracelet, and, and I got this $120,000 chain, and, and for me, you're a clown. <laughs> I mean, glove. I mean, look at what you name. He had two watches of what, hundred some thousand. He had earrings that was seventy thousand. He had a, a, a regular, all this stuff. Yes, sir. And you think, God, even like, I mean, me and you boys, we grew up. We went to Costco. If I come in a hotel room, I put my safe. I got all that. I'm still gonna look over my back. See if you looking when I put it in the safe. Am I wrong or right? If if you're wearing valuables <laughs> to that magnitude, you don't take them off. The only way they come off is if somebody cut them off. You just don't take them off with some strange woman that you just met in the bar three hours ago and fall asleep and lay down and, and just leave you. You know, she got she to gotta cut them off. You know, you got to wake up and, and limbs got to be laying in the bed in a pool of blood for her to get them things out. Well, yeah, I had to throw that story out, you know, just because we talk about gloves. That's just one of those stupid come on, man. But glove, we got Pete on the line. You that Pete? Hey, hey guys, how's it going? Is this is this yeah. the 49er fan? Yes, yes it is. this is the <laughs> this is the 49er and Heat fan. Well, I, I'm glad you called because we just already talked about the Miami Heat, you know. And oh. <laughs> I, I'm glad you, you you're right on time, you know. And they come to Chicago tonight. You know, my question to you, P. You know, um, do you think you know they got Chicago? They got uh, I think the Bobcats. They got the Spurs. The Sixers. Do you think that streak is gonna? They're gonna beat the streak, and do you think they're the hottest team to go on to win in the capsule? Do you think so, Pete? You know, I think. To, you know, I think that the game that they could possibly lose is the Spurs, which is going to be this Sunday. Um, but even you know the Spurs game. The thing that I've noticed with with each of these games, it's like the team seems to be focusing on each game, which is really a good thing. Like, I know sometimes they say it to the reporters, oh, we're not looking ahead. But you can tell this team has been down 27. They've been down 23. It's like they're taking one game at a time, which is what I like. And in that fourth quarter, they're doing whatever it takes, whether it's defense step up, you know, LeBron's shooting more, whatever. So I think even the Spurs, even though everyone's saying that's probably the game they're going to lose, I think they're still going to be the Spurs. So uh, you know, I think they can. I think they'll tie thirty-three and even pass it. Well, you know what? You know what, P. I thought I thought we was here. I thought we was together. You know, I was giving you a pass. You know, on the forty-nine. Okay. <laughs> now that I know you're a Heat fan, because you know me and James getting this argument about LeBron all the time, because he still want to talk that Michael Jordan madness. Now that I know that you're a Heat fan, I'm taking all my money off the Heat today, and I'm going to put them on the board right now. 
Don't hey, don't do that. You might don't do that. Put it on the, the heat. Thing, I'm telling you. The thing, the thing, the thing that you have to look at what you are right about is is how they they start off slow, which is which isn't good. Uh-huh. But it seems like they go on those runs at the right time where you know they'll hit five or six three pointers out of nowhere. And that's uh-huh. the one thing that people don't realize is all the ammunition that they have not on the court but on the bench as well, when you can have a Rashard Lewis and a Mike Miller, you know, and you got Birdman coming off the bench. You know, when you have players like that that are on the bench, it only makes the game on the court that much more enjoyable. So for me, honestly, I think tonight, I'm not even looking forward to San Antonio. I'm looking at tonight because the matchup, they have bigs inside with Chicago, and Miami's not a good rebounding team. True. You know what, Glove, and I'm on that two-people glove, you know. It took, I couldn't believe. I think I called Glove. It was at the third quarter when they were playing Cleveland. I said, Glove, 27, it's over with. I turned <laughs> back and go, how did they lose that game? I mean, is, is the teams that let them win this, I mean, P, or are they that good, P? Are they really that good? I think, I mean, I think they're just that good. You know, I think people, you know, there's been, you know, people before were like LeBron hating and all that, but I think from last year after he won that championship, like he has just become a different player. This season it's like whenever they really get down and they need, once he turns it on, it's like the team follows him. And I think a lot of it, when it, they play off of their defense, so once they start getting more steals, once they start fast breaking and he's getting these slam dunks, it's like, for some reason, the whole team, like, follows that lead. So LeBron, to me, is like a completely different player this year. You know, I, I think the, the stress isn't there of him trying to win a championship. He's proven, you know, he can lead a team. And look at his shooting percentage. I mean, the guy doesn't really take that many shots. And he can still come out with almost triple doubles in these games. So I think with following him and the team follows him, I think they're that good. I don't, put it this way. I don't see a team who will beat them in a seven-game series. I, you know, I think the Bulls will, might play them hard, Boston might play them hard, but if you play the, the Heat for seven games, I don't see a team out there on the west, west side or east side that's going to win four of those games. Uh-uh. I think, I think we're en route to another championship. Well, you know what, you know, Pete, I rarely agree with women, only in certain areas and certain times of night and certain days of the week. <laughs> When I want something from them, but you know what? I have to agree with you because when they're clicking on all cylinders, when 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 LeBron's going to the basket, when Dwayne Wade is coming in crashing the board, even if we can get Boston making occasional jump shots, Chalmers with a jump shot, you know the, the the key this year for me is not only Ray Allen, but how the Birdman's been defending yeah. and rebounding, blocking yeah. shots, and people don't see how essential or how much he's brought. To the defense, I mean Miami's defense is, is hands down incredible. Huh? But when you got somebody like Birdman, and when you got them clicking on all cylinders, I agree with you 100 percent. In a seven game series, which you shouldn't go seven, that's going to be hard to to deal with. Yes, I think so too. And no, the Birdman. I mean, I think the last game, um, he played more second half than Chris Boss did. So I mean, Birdman had a lot of time on the third and fourth quarter. It was like. It's something with he, – he, again, he's one of those high-energy type players. And when LeBron's doing his thing, the Birdman's doing his thing, you know, it's just the team just just plays off of that. And they come back from even being down 27. And it's just like I just don't see them losing. 
I don't. Let me ask, I, I, let me ask you guys this, P, and you can start off, and then you go Glover. Okay. When you have a team like this, I mean, you got, um, you know, there's a starting five, and then you got um, Ray Allen, then you got Birdman, then you got all this. Is it possible that sometime this might hurt you having these many great players on the team? Go ahead, P. I think in this instance, no, because it's similar to the Clippers, where the Clippers have their bench. A lot of their bench could actually be starting on other teams in the NBA. And what I've noticed with Miami is they just seem to get along. You see the guys, like, they're, you know, they'll go high-five and hug each other after the games. I think it's because of their personalities that it's okay to have your bench even be that good and because, they're, you know, they're playing selflessly. They're, they're spreading the ball around. They're, you know, they're not afraid to, sh- to pass that ball to their teammate and let him take that shot. Um, and I think that's a little different. You know, I grew up a Lakers fan, and I, and I can explain how I became a Heat fan, but when Shaq left Miami, I followed Shaq. And so that's how I became a Heat fan. And I think if you ask me one big difference versus like a Kobe to a LeBron, it's the type of players that they are. LeBron is there to assist, to pass the ball. Kobe's more looking out for let me shoot first and then I'll pass. So I think for Miami, with that bench, it, it doesn't hurt them having a good bench like that because they're all playing as a team. They've got one common goal, and you don't have those big personalities getting in the way. Glover? You know what, P, I, I'm trying to stay on the bus with you, but you're you going all over the place on me now. Yeah, <laughs> you're a... You a a fan because of Shaq, and you started off a Laker fan. And I, as a child, yeah, as a child, I was, yeah, as you, a child. Now you're back, you back with the heat. You know what, Pete? Stay on, stay on one track. Stay on one track. Stop, stop, no, no, stop, listen, stop. listen. I've been, no, I've been with the heat since 2006 when Shaq stop, got stop. traded there. Stop, so. please, stop. No, I'm just messing with people. No, <laughs> you, you have a point. What, what's funny or what's good with what Miami's doing right now is – who, they're shooting over fifty-one percent plus. Who are you going to stop on that team? Are you going to let them beat you from the inside, or are you going to let LeBron go to the basket? Because when he goes to the basket, the defense has to collapse. Now he kicks it out to a Chalmers, to a Dwayne Wade, to a Mike Miller, to a Ray Allen, and they're hitting jump shots to a Battier. Now, yeah. if it goes to the corner and you run out to the corner, now you're giving LeBron. Or you give one of the big guys down in the middle a one-on-one layup for for and one. So I just think just the way they're playing spread out on the court, I just think it's hard to defend them right now, as long as they're making shots. Well, Pete, we only got two minutes, but we got to have you on next week, Pete, see if they keep this straight. All right? <laughs> but before we go up here, I want you to take us out. What do you think of that young lady's plan for Baylor Griner? Is she that great of a player? You know, she's – Game, she's she's good. I mean, I've watched some of those games, and the thing is, it's like there's no one who's even close to her height. So you watch her, she'll, she just turns and shoots over everybody. I mean, it's just hard, I think, for other teams to, you know, defend her because the height, the height advantage. You know, she, I mean, I mean, she easily will just turn and shoots right over the defender. It, it just looks too easy for her. Well, I want to thank you again, Pete, for coming on, and see you next week, right? Okay, yes, I will call in again next week. And you're like, Glove, say, don't be all over. Be a Heat fan or be a Lakers fan or a Bulls. Come on, I remember no, you was a Michael been, Jordan. No, I've, I've been a Heat fan since 2006. Don't don't yeah. get it twisted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll take again, Glove, co-hosted with me every week. 
We're going to be back next that's going to do it for this week's edition of loving that sports talk but don't worry james loving will be back next week wednesday at 3 p.m eastern noon pacific on the voice america sports channel get ready to love more sports talk then and keep in touch with james all week at loving that sports talk at yahoo.com 